Welcome to Should I Stay or Should I Grow, where we help you find and step into your calling. Today, we welcome special guest, Dr. Kristen Lloyd. Kristen Lloyd, PhD, is a highly accomplished psychotherapist, transformational coach, Reiki master, energy psychology practitioner, certified hypnotherapist, college educator, and consultant. Through her invigorating and transformative facilitation skills, Kristen has been guiding individuals, couples, and executives to achieve dramatic breakthroughs in mindset, self-confidence, and aligning with their soul's purpose, as well as reinventing one's future for success. Welcome back to Should I Stay or Should I Grow? And we are joined again by the amazing Dr. Kristen Lloyd. So glad to have her back. On a previous episode, we really highly recommend that you listen to this. We talked about setting resolutions and why most of the time that doesn't work. We talked about the contemplation stage where people are starting to think, this is what I want to do in the new year. We talked about the preparation stage where they start to set themselves up for success. Maybe they're buying more vegetables or maybe they bought that yoga mat and they've unwrapped it and they can see it in their gym looking at them. And and we briefly started to talk, uh, talk about action. And so today, Dr. Lloyd, I would love for us to start with action and then move into this maintenance. So we're, it's slowly going to become that habit with consistency. And then also what happens when we have the relapse? So can we start with action? The in the action phase is when individuals um, modify behaviors, experience, experiences, or their environment. So like what you were saying with the yoga mat is now the action phases, they're rolling out the yoga mat on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, and they're, um, they're going ahead and they're practicing yoga for five or 10 minutes. So, um, the specifics of it, uh, aren't as important. It's the action is, is being taken, right? And so within the action phase, there is the beginnings of consistency or the action of consistency over time. And so to be, just to be clear, the maintenance phase does not occur until we might see some habit shifts to where those action steps are automatic. They become part of a person's life. So the maintenance phase, um, is really about where um, people are working to prevent relapse and they're in a different phase. So they're no longer um, reminding themselves about, oh, I get to do yoga this morning. I get to eat my broccoli. Uh, What they also may be reminding themselves up in the maintenance phase is, what their previous life looked like and how they don't want to go back there. And so what they're doing is they're building on the action and it's, it's become habitual, but they're continuing to remind themselves of why they want to do it. And so uh, 
the maintenance phase is sometimes something that shows up, like I'd mentioned a little while ago, in uh, addiction studies. However, for non-addictive habit change, it's usually where it's an automatic behavior, something that has become a habit. You've created a habit of working out, or you've created a habit of having a smoothie for breakfast, or you've created a habit of um, making sure you get your breakfast in before you go to work. So um, thank you so much for that. That makes total sense. And the reason why we're talking about this is because um, research shows that if we want to find our calling, we, we one way to do it is to try new things, to dip our toes into a new work identity, try it on, and then see if it fits. Um, and one of these ways could be taking a course, getting a certification, maybe um, trying a volunteership. Uh, maybe even switching into a new uh, job um, and, and seeing if, if, or like a part-time job or like an additional job. And, and so maybe part of our, the, the habits or the goals that we have is to reach out to people um, who can give us a volunteership or maybe to finish that certification. So I think in the context of that, what we're talking about is what if you're kind of halfway through that certification and you've, you've seen the online courses once every week and you have done all the tips that we talked about uh, in last episode or you shifted your mindsets, all of Chris, Dr. Lloyd's good tips, you've been following them, but you still get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm almost at the finish line uh, with this certification or to reaching out with, with people. And I'm just... I'm off the bandwagon. So that's kind of the context with, with, um, with finding your calling that I wanted to make. So we're at that point where um, Dr. Lloyd is saying call, calling relapse because as she said, it's, it's coming from um, all of the science of addiction. And the parallel we can make is we have this goal, we have come off the bandwagon. So we call that uh, relapse, yeah. Yes. And I would add to that, that relapse typically happens when there are an increase of stress, when there's an increase of, of stress. Um, also it will happen when resources and techniques are not being utilized. So someone is not resourcing, reaching out to their support team, you know, and the support team can be a lot of different things. It could be a therapist, it could be family, it could be friends, and it could be situational, right? So it could be that there's grief or loss, right, that that happens. It could be also that there's good stress, like you just bought a house and you need to move. Um, so it's, it's not um, discriminating bad stress, good stress, all stress. And so relapse can happen where and relapse is essentially um, using that operational definition is um, going back to a uh, previous behavior uh, that you have changed from, but it's what we might call an automatic behavior or a um, previously automatic behavior. Um, and it is, um, so here's, here's a, here's a good example. 
um, that's non-addiction, right? So if somebody uh, says, oh my gosh, I don't have time to make breakfast in the morning. So I'm just going to stop by Dunkin' or Starbucks or fast food on the way in. And that becomes an easier method. So they think. So they may be back into a previous behavior <clears throat> and it could be the, the reason it's a problematic behavior could be a lot of different things. It could be financial that now they're, um, they're spending more money per day, right? It, um, <clears throat> it could be um, the, the actual food itself where they're, um, they're eating more or a different type of food that may be impacting their body. It could be um, a, a lot of different things. However, they're seeing it as ease. So again, the mindset shift there is, well, what could you do easy, right? That's going to help you. So even in that experience, that individual goes back to a previous behavior because the current behavior either is unavailable or it becomes too difficult to maintain. So let's, again, using the example of someone moved houses or they're getting a, a renovation and their kitchen isn't available. So what could be a new habit? And I know that's a very specific reason, but it's where, oh, I'm gonna go back to driving to this place before I go to work because it's fast, because it's easy, and yet it could have other behavioral implications that then the individual starts making excuses instead of going, oh, how am I responsible or how am I at cause? So what they could do is start to sit with their bodies and maybe after they get fast food, do I actually feel good? Does this sodium help me feel good, this high, high amount of sodium in my body when I eat this. And, you know, I'm not going to answer that question for our listeners. Maybe they do feel good, but I think it's great to take time and sit with it. And then we often talk about, let's find a path that does feel good in the body. What simple things could we go to our parents' house and make the breakfasts for the week? And so I'm just grabbing that breakfast out of the refrigerator, which we still have in our, our renovation, and then sit with that and see how that feels. So we really want to start to check in somatically when we relapse to see if it really does feel easier in the body. Right. Or if it's creating dis-ease in the body. Correct. And... I think by taking a couple moments to reassess what the original intention or goal was, if the intention was, I want to feel healthy, I want to be healthy, or even my previous example of financial, I'm also wanting to create financial abundance versus if you're spending that money every morning going to whatever place it is, right? How can you stay in alignment with those goals or intentions? And whether it's via meditation, checking in with your body somatically, what feels good and can help you to continue to meet, reach 
those goals or intentions that are what's in alignment, what's in alignment, what's out of alignment. And again, when someone reaches this point of uh, what we might call low frustration tolerance because of the stressors, then that's when the old behavior seems, and I'm doing this in air quotes for people who can't see me, seems easier because it's familiar. Mm. It's familiar. And so if we can take just a couple moments to do exactly what Jessica said, check in with your body, and then also allow yourself to come up with alternative creative solutions that are actually potentially going to save you time, money, energy, will promote health, all of these things. I think that's a key uh, element or ingredient as well to this process is we can find alternatives. We're not bound to what we always know is what we've always done is what we'll always continue to do because that may not be the healthiest. So good. So good. So from a calling standpoint, uh, Paula and I both did uh, online certification. She did her 200 hour yoga online and I did my 300 hour yoga online. And I think a lot of times when people do specifically an online course, right, is they come out and they're like, I'm so excited to do this. And then that starts to fade. And I kind of want you to speak to two things. One, how can we talk to ourselves when that enthusiasm fades? And two, is that a sign that it's no longer our calling? Is that telling us it's not our calling? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, Not necessarily. And I think it's because we are very much driven by emotion and we, we are creatures of habit. And so once again, um, maybe it's not a desire to teach in the traditional way, but it could be a desire to implement yoga, yoga philosophy, yoga principles in an alternative way. And so once again, this is an opportunity to get creative with that certification. And um, as you know, I have not completed my 200 hour, but I am also doing that. And I ebb and flow with, with yoga as well. And there are days where I'll pull out my mat and I will do a whole sequence. And there are days where I don't pull out my mat. Um, And so with each individual, I think it will vary. It's, um, it's also a matter of priorities. How much is uh, yoga a priority in your life using your example, right? How much is yoga a priority in your life? And I think that life, I was using this example the other day, it's very much like a roller coaster, right? We have ups, we have downs, we have something that needs our attention right now. And then there are things that take the back burner. It makes me think of, um, Stephen Covey's four quadrants of time management, actually, um, because there are things that are urgent and important and things that are not urgent, not important, and, and so on and so forth. So I don't know that that it's actually saying, hey, this isn't your calling. It may be that it's something that is not the most important thing right now. 
And it may be that you utilize it in the next six months because something else has taken your attention. So I think um, not to give a vague answer, but I think that that's so individual for each person that what individuals can do is look at how important is yoga in my life and how important do I want to or how much of a priority do I want to give to yoga, the yoga experience, yoga teaching? Because being a student of yoga is much different than being a teacher of yoga. Coming from that place and knowing how you want it to be a part of your life or your business is also instrumental in knowing what you'll do with it. And so you may have a 200, 300 hour certification. And this year you may decide you know what, I'm going to continue to be a student and I am am choosing not to teach. And that's also an empowered decision. You're choosing not to teach. And you may look down the line in 2023, 2024, and get re-energized or um, re-invigorated by something or someone or even your own personal practice and say, oh my gosh, I want to do something with this. And so, again, that calling, um, similar to what Paula said earlier about flexibility versus rigidity, is also where I like to, to play, right? So as humans, we are so used to, okay, this job is over, right? I'm leaving this company. I'm... Um, we, we got our separation papers, right? HR gave me my little box and I'm going to clean up my desk and I'm going to walk out the door, right? That's something that we're very used to in traditional corporate. And as entrepreneurs or as, you know, spiritual entrepreneurs, as business owners, um, it's there's a lot more flexibility and fluidity in terms of who you are. And so you could be taking those yogic gifts or skills and tools and bring it into a coaching practice. You could take those skills and tools and bring it into um, a consulting practice, right? So depending on what you're calling is an oil-based business, right? You can take those um, skills, tools, techniques, and apply them in many different places and it doesn't have to be yoga teaching. So does that, I know I went on. Yes, no, I got it. So I think what I would recommend to our guests who are trying something new, because we have recently recommended that to them to volunteer, to try a new task, to maybe start a side hustle or do a side job just to see what it's like, or even contact mentors and ask what that job is like. It is okay to sit down and picture yourself as whatever that is and see how it feels. Well, what if you've learned five skills and two of the skills feel good, but three of the skills don't feel good when you're picturing yourself doing that? Well, how can you take those two skills that feel in alignment into your business? So it's not all or nothing, sit with each section and see how you feel. 
And so maybe when you're sitting and reflecting on that, you'll get excited about the course because you know, I don't have to apply all five or seven things that I've learned. I can apply this one and it's going to make a huge difference in finding my calling. Uh, One more thing I do want to touch on is a lot of times women put themselves last and especially moms. Yes. And so could it be that this course went on the back burner because they were putting everyone else in their family as the priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think that that, that shows up a lot with women and it could be that their job, something, you know, there were multiple fires that needed to be put out at work. It could be that family became a priority uh, there, there are a lot of different reasons for why the course may have fallen by the wayside. And I think that desire is one piece. And then also knowing that it doesn't have to be completed in, in one, you know, fail swoop. Um, another thing that you, mentioned just a minute ago that I wanted to touch on is trying things on. So I have um, a client right now who's in between jobs and she has started dog walking, dog sitting and um, house sitting. And she has started to get a little nervous because she has seen it impact her identity. And so one of the things that I've suggested to her is this is temporary. Can you see this as a temporary bridge, right? So I think the idea of a bridge job or a bridge entrepreneurial pursuit is also important because we, there can be, again, that fear-based mentality of, oh my gosh, this is what I'm going to be known for. And I'm not ready to go all in. I need this for right now. However, I don't want to do this forever. And so this shifting that mindset again, away from I have to, to I get to is empowering um, and taking every opportunity as a learning experience or a learning opportunity. What can I learn about from this client's experience? Dog sitting, dog walking, you know, cat sitting, house sitting that I can take to other entrepreneurial pursuits or other side hustles or other experiences that are going to improve my business acumen. And I think that that is wisdom because a lot of times we, when things feel, you know, icky or abrasive or, Ooh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. One of the things that we learned from 2020 is that a lot of people who were laid off went to go do Uber or Uber Eats or Instacart. And, you know, that was something that, again, air quotes, people had to do to um, survive and support their families. And so what we want to do is celebrate the human spirit and celebrate resilience and our ability to adapt And the flexibility that can be created from a lot of different experiences rather than looking at ourselves as less than for having to. There's a lot of wisdom and learning in these opportunities that can grow us. And there's so much to learn 
from just the breadcrumbs? What did you love interacting with the customer? Was that your favorite part? What did you dislike? That's something that you don't want to look for in your business or your next job. There's always so many things that you can learn and apply to helping you find your calling. Uh, In closing, uh, let's say that, you know, we were really consistent for a while, but now we're in the stage of relapse or as you say, maybe fallen off the wagon. Can you tell us uh, how to speak to ourselves at this point and one action step that we can, one or two action steps that we can take? So I think the most important thing to re-engage is why, looking at why that behavior is important. Because it may be that there's a perpetual shift altogether and that we need to reevaluate. So I think first and foremost is, Whatever, whatever that behavior was that we fell off, why was it beha- why was it important to begin with? So I think there's this reassessment, re-engagement with the why, right? What are what were we intending to get from it? And then I think we need to get excited about doing it. One of the things that I share with my clients is we can't and and I'm probably gonna need to use this as a quote. Um, somewhere at some point, right? You cannot be excited about the outcome if you're not equally excited about the process. You've got to be excited about the process in addition to the outcome. Because so many people are excited about the outcome. Yay, I'm going to make more money. Yay, I'm going to lose weight. Yay, I'm going to have a stronger body. Yay, I'm going to be healthy. And then they're like, oh, that thing again, right? That thing I have to do. And so again, shifting from I have to, to I get to is foundational. And then like we were talking about earlier, making it fun. How do you gamify it? How do you gamify that technique? And sometimes it can be the accountability of, oh, I did it three days this week. Yay. And celebrating those small steps. However, it's also looking for what's going to keep you engaged, what you like about the process and how it helps you feel better on a day-to-day basis. And if it's not helping you to feel better on a day-to-day basis, how can you change the behavior, right? Or the process so that you can get excited about it, right? To continue to the outcome. That's so perfect. And we've, we've spoken about this in past episodes that I know you probably have, because the one I'm thinking about has not published. So I feel confident you haven't heard it, but I was talking about how I was going to help all these people. Um, and this is the way I was going to do it. And I was going to suit up my armor and I was going to talk to 16 people a day. And, and then I was out on my paddleboard and I was like, man, that feels awful. And so since I wasn't in alignment, that wasn't going to work anyway. I could talk to 16 people a day and it not work. So this led me to doing the podcast because this feels yummy in my body where I'm going to reach a lot of people. I get to talk to a lot of people, but it's in alignment. And so it's going to work. So from another resolution, maybe you're like, I'm going to run five days a week. And you picture yourself at, at the end of six weeks and, you know, you have those strong muscles in your legs. But every time you picture yourself running, you're like running again. So maybe try walking or dancing or something that's exciting, fun, humorous that you're excited to do every day. Right. 
right? Um, and it could be a, a hit class, right? It could be a Pilates class. Like if the strong legs is the ultimate outcome, there's probably 10 different ways to get strong legs that are more, like you said, you know, yummy and exciting. Um, one of my favorite things to do uh, with my husband and kid that is a, a, you know, an activity is we turn on um, dance music in the living room and we have a dance party and it's so much fun and hilarious. And we do I cannot picture your husband doing this. Like I know Dr. Yeah. Lloyd's husband, yeah. this is amazing. <laughs> like I might need a video of Bobo dancing. <laughs> He's hilarious because that's a part of himself that he doesn't show publicly. It's a very, it's, it's like only for, it's for the inner circle only. <laughs> yeah. It's for the inner circle only. Um, but yeah, he can, he can jam, he can jam for sure. And it's, it's so much fun because it's, it's a celebration and we're moving. And a lot of times we'll, we'll work up a sweat and it's like, Oh, put on this song, put on this song. So now we have a DJ, like, we have a DJ in the living room and, you know, we use the sound bar and the neighbors probably think that we're having a wild party on a Tuesday night at 8 p.m., but really we're just dancing. That's so awesome. So yet again, it comes to trying things on, see if they fit and it's okay if they don't fit, just keep trying things on until you feel, find all those things that feel good in your body that feel yep. good to you. Dr. Lloyd, thank you so much for coming again. Uh, Patreon members, I'm going to have her do something very special. I will tell you, she writes my tappings and she writes my affirmations for me. So uh, if you want some very special affirmations, make sure you join our Patreon. Um, as always, uh, sign up for our newsletter to get the extra freebies. And we would love for you to subscribe and leave a review and we will see you all next week.